By Gods and Kings takes place in the fictional world of Dunai. For more information on By Gods and Kings or any of the products affiliated with it, please check out our website at www.bygodsandkings.com. Evelis and Elise walk along the streets of Bryle as the two moons of Dunai hang overhead. It is time for Elise to have dinner with Malarus while Evelis is to find the nearest pub. Evelis has decided that he is going to survey the area and try and find many people who will talk to him about what is going on in, throughout Urine. He wants to know more about the duchies. He wants to know more about the gods. He also knows that he has enough coin to buy enough drinks to loosen the lips of many. The treasury of the Isle of Warton would be quite useful to Evelis this evening. They made their way along the road with many of the merchants and townsfolk putting their things away for the evening. The carts had been put away and no one was shouting to sell their goods. Brile was very peaceful and the sound of the water cresting in the background was very calming. A wry smirk appeared across Elise's mouth. When the chaos that is Brile subsides and the moons rise overhead, this place is very peaceful. This place reminds me of the Isle of Warton and it's very calming. I think I could live here, announced Elise as she continued along the path. Evelis turned to his sister and scoffed. And why would you want that? Why would you want to leave the Isle of Warton? Elise took a deep breath while continuing forward toward the Palace of Malaris. I didn't say that I wanted it, brother. I said that I could. Besides, I don't know if I want the life that our father has set out for me. I don't know if I want to replace Sonye at your side. I don't know if I want that life. I don't know if I want what father wants for me. Evelis remained silent as Elise made her feelings clear. He understood her apprehension, but knew that what father wanted was tradition. What father wanted was for the line to continue as it always did. They made it to the base of the steps that led into the Palace of Malaris. Evelis looked into his sister's eyes and smiled. I believe you can do this. No one is better prepared than you are. Elise closed her eyes and smiled. She nodded gently as she held onto her brother's hands. I know. I can do this, she said confidently before letting go and walking up the stairs. After a few steps, she turned back to look at Eblis. Oh, and be careful with the treasury's coin, brother. There's only so much, and there's too many people here to buy everyone around. Eblis laughed heartily and turned away from his sister. I wouldn't dream of it, he shouted as he replied, leaving her alone on the steps to walk up them alone. Elise turned back and walked up the steps toward the door, immediately reaching the top of the doors opening on their own. Inside, a large table was waiting on her with Malaris sitting at it. The god of chaos rose to his feet as Elise entered the room. Several sconces lined the walls to provide illumination while candles along the table provided a bit more. Malaris tilted his head and looked across the table at Elise. As she stepped forward, her radiance was impressive. Her dress, silver and glistening, sparkled as she moved across the floor. She glided with elegance like the princess that she was. Elise looked at the table and was quite impressed with the spread. Malaris, it's just the two of us. Why is there so much food? She inquired. Malaris looked at Elise and shrugged her shoulders. I didn't know what you would eat, so I had them make everything. Well, that is quite kind of you, Malaris. I appreciate it. But there was no need to go through so much trouble just for me. I'm merely a princess from the Isle of Warton, not some dignitary from Urine. Malaris closed his eyes and bowed his head. You are my guest, and you will be treated to the finest things in Brile. Elise walked up to the table and placed her hands on the back of a chair. Well, Malaris, I appreciate your hospitality. You've done too much, but I greatly appreciate it. Malaris opened his eyes and smiled. Hopefully there's more that I can do for you other than just feed you. Elise took a seat and looked over at the God of Chaos. Perhaps, perhaps not. There's only one way to find out, she said while reaching for a piece of bread located next to a plate. I'm very hopeful that you can help my people. I'm very hopeful that you can help my island. Malaris took a sip from a chalice and composed himself. 
I don't know what you think I can do or what you expect me to do. I'm not one who likes to guess, and I'm not one for innuendo. Elise smiled while taking a bite from the bread. This is very delicious, she said politely. I'm not naive, Malaris. I know you can do nothing about Xylene and his naga. You are not an ally of his, nor are you even a friend. Xylene has a tendency to play by his own rules. On the Isle of Warton, we are aware of this. We know that no other god parlays with him that can do much. Malaris raised his hand to interrupt Elise. That's not true. Talgis has a bit of influence with Xylene. The two of them together are quite dangerous, so we have to keep an eye on them. My brother Darien is an ally to both, though only in name. He understands that both Talgis and Xylene are loose cannons. At any moment, they could explode. At any moment, they could try and destroy Dunai, just like they did back on Tangregia. Elise took a deep breath and set the bread down on a plate. What happened on Tangregia? if you don't mind me asking? Malaris took another sip from the chalice and set it down on the table. On Tangregia, the realm where we're originally from, Xylene acted out in a fit of rage. One of the sub-realms that we were using to siphon essence from, Xylene summoned an entire ocean of water to drown everyone there. We were overwhelmed with souls. There was nothing we could do. We lost countless amounts of food. Talgis, on the other hand, grew tired of having to work for the royal family. So he tried to summon several violent winds to take out Tangregia. He was not successful. Then again, none of us were successful in our plights, Malaris said with a wry grin. Elise reached for an apple that was in front of her and took a bite. She chewed slowly before setting it down. What did you do to get kicked out of Tangregia? Why did you and your brothers have to leave? Malaris laughed heartily and reached for the chalice again. We tried to kill my brother and my father, he admitted. Elise was taken aback, but Malaris's candor gave her pause. He was at peace with his decisions and how he got kicked out of the Master Realm. Now he was here on Dunai, serving as a god. I suppose it came out for the better in the end, quipped Elise as she took another bite from the apple. You could say so, admitted Malaris. Oh, there was some news I wanted to deliver to you. Derilius reached out to me to inform me that Scare, your ally, had visited him in Teardret. They sent him to Zertal to parley with Talgis in the hopes that he could convince Xylene to stop the Naga attacks. Elise placed the fruit down and looked at Malaris. That's quite dangerous and ill-advised. I wonder why he did it. Malaris shrugged his shoulders and looked across the table at Elise. Perhaps desperation got the better of him. Perhaps he could convince one god to control another. I don't think it will end well for him, though I've been wrong many a time. Talgis is unpredictable, just as Xylene is unpredictable. Perhaps Scare can convince them to do something about it. Do you honestly think Talgis will convince Xylene to stop attacking the Isle of Warton? inquired Elise. Malaris set the chalice down and looked across blankly at Elise. I don't think Talgis can convince Xylene of much. However, it's worth a shot. It's worth a try. At worst, he ends up at the scales. At best, he ends up at the scales, but Xylene no longer attacks the Isle of Warton. Elise paused as her face went flush. The realization that Scare would not be returning to the Isle of Wharton was starting to affect her. She was rather close to Scare, but not as close as her brother was. She knew Sonier would be devastated. However, she was at least hopeful his death would not be in vain. Elise looked across the table at Malaris. I suppose it would be too much to ask for you to give Scare a proper send-off. Perhaps it would be too much to ask for you to parlay with Vesia to show mercy to Scare. Malaris laughed and took another bite of food. I don't know what you think I can do with Vesia that you can't. Elise tilted her head slightly. What do you mean? She asked curiously. Malaris paused and looked across the table with a blank expression. In the end, you have as much power with Vesia as I do. Vesia only acts to laws. She only will do what she must do, and she will never bend nor break anything. Vesia is a slave to her own laws. 
Bessie is a slave to her own creation. In the end, every mortal soul who comes to the scales will end up becoming essence. They will end up becoming food for the gods. There's nothing that I can do that can change that. Yes, I could get with Bessia and have her send his essence to Locris, but if she does that, the only thing that will happen is he will become a creature of Locris. He will become a demon, or an imp, or a succubus. He won't be scare anymore. The person that you know as scare only exists on Dunai. Once his essence leaves, unless he has some connection to my order, he will only become essence, and just that. He will be unrecognizable. Elise nodded slowly. I see. I suppose there's nothing else that can be done. Malarus composed himself and looked contrite. There is one thing you can do, Elise. You can remember him for what he was, and remember the contributions he left to the Isle of Wartun. You can remember his bravery. You can honor his sacrifice. But there's nothing we can do for his essence. There's nothing we can do for his soul. The creation of Dunai was meant to provide essence for the gods. Scare's death only fuels this machine. Believe me when I say this, Elise. I wish I could do more for him. However, when it comes to Vesya and her laws, there's nothing I can do. I can't take the essence of someone that's already been sent to the scales. For all we know, he has already been consumed by Dahar or Phalaris or even Xylene. I wish I could do more, but there's nothing I can do to help him. Then perhaps you can make his sacrifice not be in vain, asked Elise. Malaris chuckled at how Elise was able to change the subject so quickly. I've already reached out to Merdul and the Seven Duchies. They're not going to act against the Isle of Wharton. You have my word. Elise reached for the chalice across her and took a sip, surprised by Malaris's confession. She was not expecting him to take action, especially so quickly. She set the chalice down and looked across the table at him. Malaris, I was not expecting you to do something. I appreciate it immensely. Malaris raised his hands innocently and locked eyes with Elise across the table. It was nothing, and I expect nothing in return for this. After dwelling on it for a few moments, I realized that the death of that man on that boat was probably not the cause of the Isle of Wartan. It was probably the Naga and Xylene. It was probably one of his god-touched. In fact, it was probably Todandic, if anyone. Having the duchy swarm the Isle of Wartan plays into Xylene's hands, and to be honest, I can't have that. I can't have Xylene getting a win. I can't have him getting the upper hand. I can't have him subjugating another island. So you may think I'm not getting anything out of this, but in reality, I am. I'm getting the displeasure of Xylene out of this, which brings me immense joy. I enjoy watching him suffer. I enjoy watching him squander opportunities. I enjoy watching him waste away. As much as I love watching Darien fail, watching Xylene swim away without anything to show for it makes me even happier. Elise smiled meaningfully and looked across the table at Malaris. Are the gods always this competitive? She asked curiously. Malaris chuckled and took a sip from the chalice. Not always, but I do enjoy making sure Xylene suffers. Elise reached on the table and grabbed her chalice, raising it toward Malaris. Then I propose a toast to Xylene's suffering, she said with a smile. May he always never get what he wants. Malaris raised his chalice and nodded. May he always find the bottom of the oceans empty and barren, and may he never find joy in anything. Eblis moved through the streets of Brile, hoping to find a pub within a reasonable amount of time. He was looking for some of the telltale signs merrymaking, loud jubilation, and what he hoped to be taps flowing. He was worried that his sister was in over her head. However, she was the best person suited for the job. She was the person who was capable of dealing with the god of chaos, and she was the person who could convince him to help him. Eblis made his way to the port, where he found one of the taverns was bustling more so than some of the others that he had come across. 
Once inside, he noticed several sailors, merchants, and other people from the port all gathering around several tables sharing drinks with one another. Ah, this is the place, remarked Evelus as he walked up to the bar. Once there, he saw a grizzled man with a long beard pouring drinks to several of the patrons. Evelus raised his hand and threw a couple coin on the bar, hoping to get the bartender's attention. After a few seconds, the bartender turned and looked at him and immediately nodded and handed him a stein of ale. Without much of a second thought, Evelus took a sip from the stein and placed it back on the bar. It was delicious and what he was hoping for, but now he needed to find conversation. He needed to find someone that would tell him what he needed to hear, and he needed to find it soon. He didn't know how strong the ale was, as many brews were different throughout Dunai. What he could tolerate on the Isle of Wharton, he may not be able to tolerate in Brile. Thus now was the time he had to find someone to talk to him and give him the information that he required. He needed to know more about Malarus, he needed to know more about his temple, and he needed to know more about the Duchies of Ornay. Evelus took another sip from the stein and began to analyze the patrons in the bar. He noticed several men and women all having merrymaking times with one another, but in the far corner, he noticed a woman who appeared slightly out of place. While many of the patrons in the tavern were wearing standard garment and garbs, the woman in the corner was wearing a large robe that hung down to the floor along with a breastplate across her chest. Perhaps she is who I should start with, mused Evelus as he grabbed a stein and began walking toward the corner of the room. Upon reaching the table, their two eyes met. The dimly lit tavern did her no favors, as she was remarkably beautiful upon Evelus reaching her. Her skin was soft and pale. Her hair was dark with a hint of red. Her robes, though loose, accented her curves in all of the right places. She was stunning, and Evelus was immediately smitten. Hello there. I noticed you were sitting alone, and I was wondering if you wanted some attention, he said as he tried to flirt. The woman scoffed and turned her head. I don't think so, sailor. I've got better things to do than talk to those at the port. Evelus placed his stein on the table and giggled. I'm sorry, but I am no sailor. I am a diplomat and a prince from the Isle of Wharton. The woman, a follower of Valkus as noted by her robes and the insignia on her shoulder, rolled her eyes and turned away from Evelus. And I am the high priest of Valkus, she said patronizingly. Please go. I have nothing to do with you today. I'm waiting for my audience with Malarus. Oh, then perhaps you'd be waiting for my sister to finish having dinner with him, Evelus said as he took his seat beside her. Quite a funny world, Dunai is. You're waiting to meet with the god of chaos and my sister is currently there. Perhaps we have more in common than we let on. Evelus continued to try and flirt with the young woman as she refused to look at him. Instead of staring into Evelus's eyes, she looked at the wooden wall to her left, thinking that it was a better talking partner than he was. Evelus realized he wasn't getting anywhere with the young woman. However, he knew he had several things to his advantage. One of them was a sizable amount of coin in his pocket. Miss, if I were to buy you a drink, would you at least look at me? She continued to look at the wall. Will you go away afterwards? I can't make any promises, but we can at least see what happens. Evelus countered back. A small smirk creeped out of the corner of the woman's mouth. Fine, buy me a drink and we'll see what happens. Ah, quite good, said Evelus as he turned around and walked back to the bar. He motioned for the bartender to hand him two more steins, which the bartender obliged quickly, with Evelus placing the coin on the counter. Evelus turned back and took the stein over to the table, setting it down in front of the young woman before taking his seat again. Hello, my name is Evelus Mertrans, and I am the prince of the Isle of Wharton. I am here as a diplomat with my sister Elise. We are here trying to convince Malarus to step in and stop the Duchies of Urne from declaring open war on our island and our kingdom. The woman turned and faced Evelus, this time showing her beautiful brown eyes. And my name is Giovannia, and I am a God-touched servant of Valkus. Evelus was taken aback. Are you really a God-touched servant? I most certainly am. Would you like to see my tricks? She countered back defensively. No, no, that's quite all right, countered Evelus. I'll take your word for it. I just didn't think a God-touched would be hanging out in a tavern. Do you think God-touched don't like to drink? She asked Evelus rhetorically, as she took a sip from the stein. This is good ale. At least you're good for something, Evelus. 
Now, why are you trying to get the God of Chaos to step into the affairs of mortals? Why are you trying to get the God of Chaos to stop the open war against the Isle of Wharton? Since before I was born, the Isle of Wharton has always been under attack. Mainly from Xylane. However, the Duchies of Orne have always wanted to subjugate us. They've always wanted us to be a port. Just like Nocia is in the northwest, we could be in the northeast. We're far enough away from Jaros where we don't have to worry about the Georgias pirates. We're close enough to Urne where we can reach most of the ports. Cape de Gresse is only so far away. The Isle of Wharton would be a fantastic addition to the crown of any of the duchies. However, we prefer our sovereignty. We prefer not to be subjugated and we prefer to maintain our own house. We don't want any land on the Urne proper. We don't want another island. We want our own island and we want our own peace. However, one of the duchies sent their son to parley with us. He didn't make it off the boat. We think Xylene or someone else could have attacked. And now all seven duchies are rattling their sabers, threatening us. Threatening to take away our sovereignty. Threatening to take away our independence. My sister is parlaying with Malarish right now, trying to get him to intervene to stop them from trying to conquer us. We don't have the forces to fight an entire duchy. We barely have the forces to fight the Naga of Xylene. Giovanni raised the stein and took a sip. That sounds like a very large problem, Evelis. Whatever will you do? Evelis shrugged and took a sip from his drink. I'm still working on that. We're hoping Malarish will be willing to step in, but we don't know what we can offer him. We don't know what we could give him that would make it worth his while. Have you thought about joining forces with Valkus? Perhaps he could help, inquired Giovanni curiously, almost suggesting to Evelis another strategy. Evelis, however, shook his head. No, we prefer not to join Valkus or any of the gods, to be honest. The reason we went to Malarus is because he has a worldly presence. He has a palace in Dunai. He actually meets with his people, and he resides on Orne. We were hoping he could step in to broker the peace. We've already sent someone to broker peace with Darilius, hoping he could help us with Xylene. To be honest, we just want to be left alone. We want peace. The chaos and strife that comes with Dunai is not something that we encourage. It's not something that we yearn for. We want our own slice of life. Giovanni raised her stein and toasted Evelis. You're in Dunai, love. There is no peace. There is only strife. Evelis raised his eyebrows and nodded. I can see that. So why do you want to meet with the god of chaos if you were a devout follower of the god of the forge? Giovanni smirked as she took another sip from the stein. Are you sure I'm a devout follower, or am I simply just a god-touched servant? Evelis was remarkably confused by that comment. He was always under the impression that god-touched servants had to remain completely loyal to their god. However, hearing Dravania say that, he wondered if there was a gray area that she was operating in. He wondered if Valkus required absolute loyalty from his followers. Evelis had always heard that the forge master did not require absolute fealty. Having a god-touched servant in the tavern with him was confirming that. Evelis and Dravania took another sip from each of their steins. It was at this time, Evelis was really starting to notice her beauty and her radiance. She was coming off as human, not as a god-touched. She was coming off as a mortal, not an immortal. She was coming off as someone who was approachable. These were things that Evelis valued. There were very few people on the Isle of Wharton that he could actually speak with on a regular basis. He spoke to his sister, Elise, frequently, but he could never confide in her. He felt a connection with Dravania, something that was unusual, something that was unique. I'm sorry, Dravania, if you don't mind me asking, do you not have absolute fealty to Valkus right now? Dravania downed the contents of her stein and placed it back on the table. She looked across at Evelis and smiled. For that answer, sir, you'll have to buy me another drink. Evelis was quick to oblige, reaching forward and grabbing the stein and taking it over to the par. He set it down on the tabletop and grabbed another one, immediately taking it back to Dravania. Without wasting any time, she placed the stein up against her mouth and took a sip. Being a god-touched servant is not what I thought it would be, Evelis. It was explained to me by Darilius that I had to be absolutely faithful to my god. However... Sometimes what he wants and what he needs are two different things, and unfortunately with Valkus, you can't tell him otherwise. Sometimes what he needs is for someone to step in and tell him to stop tinkering, to stop building, to stop creating. 
Instead, he has more God touch than he knows what to do with. He promotes more God touch, just like myself, so that we will leave him alone. He wants us to handle the affairs of what he creates, but he creates too much. He thinks Dunai is his sandbox. He thinks it's a playground. He doesn't think about all the lives he's affecting with the creatures he's creating. Dravania paused and looked down at the table. Eblis, I love Valkus. I think he is a tremendous soul and someone that I look up to. I have followed Valkus for a few years, and while I am a new god touched, I still love him as a god, but I see the frailty in his rule. I see the holes in his foundation, and I see the cracks. Dravania paused and looked up at the ceiling. She did her best to compose her words, knowing that what she said next would be crucial. She didn't know who was listening, but she knew she had Evelis's attention. I love Valkus, but I'm here to talk to Malaris about joining him. There are several god touched who are leaving Valkus's ranks now. Many of them are joining Darilius, joining Darien, Valorus, and I'm looking to join Malaris. I can't believe I'm saying that out loud, but I feel like the god of chaos's love for humanity lines up with what I want in life. His love and my love are the same thing and I feel like I can still serve Valkus while being loyal to Malaris. Evelis remained stoic and took another sip from his drink. That's quite ambitious of you, he said before setting it back on the table. Dravania smirked and took another sip. We both want something from the God of Chaos. You want peace for the Isle of Orton. I want love, structure, and devotion from a god. We both want the same thing. We're just going about it from two separate ways. Evelis smiled and nodded, agreeing with Dravania. Well, I'm sure my sister will be done dining with Malaris soon. I'm sure you'll be summoned to the palace where you'll have an audience with him. Perhaps until then you would like to sit at this table and have a few more drinks? Inquired Evelis curiously. He did his best to flirt with her, but he didn't know if she was interested. Giovanni tilted up the stein and downed the entirety of it. So long as you're buying, Evelis, I'll be happy to drink with you, she said with a wry smile. For what seemed like hours, the two drank until the sun came up the next morning, when a priest of Malaris came to deliver news to both of them. Malaris was ready to meet with Giovanni to discuss her change in allegiance and Evelis needed to tend to his sister, who had decided to stay the night at the Palace of Malaris. Hey everybody, thanks again for listening to the By Gods and Kings podcast. For more information on By Gods and Kings, you can always visit our website at www.bygodsandkings.com. But hey, you can also find us on Twitter, at By Gods and Kings. You can also find us on Facebook and even Reddit. We look forward to giving more content to you guys. You guys have a great afternoon. We'll see you on the other side.